So it's good to see you. Is there anything you want to share before you take the questions? How are things? Well, things are okay. Um, it's a, what do I call it, kind of a, um, a Ganga morning here because the, all the good moisture has, you know, we, we live mostly above the clouds here. The clouds have settled in just below us. We're riding on top of them. So I compare it to the Ganga running through Audaria. It's a nice, uh, a nice morning. It's been a nice, uh, nice month here, uh, getting a lot of things done and, um, and um, my book is slowly going along at a reasonable pace. Uh, Lita Saki's been busy with that and um, I'm enthusiastic. We'll, we'll go into the layout phase, and, you know, hopefully in a month or so, maybe a little more. So that's good. Um, but otherwise, let's go ahead and take the questions. Okay. Um, so there's only one question. So if someone has a question, just message me and let me know. And uh, yeah, so Shama Sundar has a question. Okay. I can, good morning. Could you, could you repeat the question because uh, not everyone can hear what Shama Sundar is saying, especially on the recording, I think. Repeat uh, it the best you can. Uh, yeah. Okay. Wait, should I do it now while he's saying it in Spanish or wait for him to finish? Yeah. Um, you could do it now, I think. Okay, he's asking about um, the idea that there's relativity to the guru and absolute and it would seem like the philosophy is that once we accept that the guru is actually a conduit for the for um to connect us with the with the godhead that he actually or she actually has deep uh, spiritual standing that we've been able to uh, ascertain that his or her faith is deep and ultimately uh, driving uh, him or her, um, 
then despite the fact that relatively he or she may have personal personality differences, idiosyncrasies, uh, ways of dealing that uh, we might not, or um, uh, that uh, even culturally speaking um, might seem embarrassing to us of one culture when the guru is from another culture and speaks. And he gave the example of Prabhupada sometimes speaking with reporters and, and you know, you kind of wish he would have said it differently or, 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 or something like that. Um, he gave the example of Bhaktisiddhanta adopting certain things, relatively speaking, for the sake of preaching, like wearing leather shoes, which, you know, many disciples might have thought, oh my God, he's wearing leather or his shoes, this is terrible, you know. Or to make a more extreme, a more extreme example, at one point he said, I would, was prepared to serve meat to the Western, you know, people, leaders, let's say, uh, uh, British, you know, to have them come to Mayapur and hear, you know, Harikata from him and so forth. And this was staggering uh, to the faith of Pujapatrita Maharshi, he confessed, and to Prabhupada as well, at least initially. Hmm? whoa uh, but they nonetheless um, uh, uh, embraced the absolute and saw what Bhaktisiddhanta was doing by in terms of the larger picture <clears throat> and thus they um, were able to digest that and so forth so his question um, is about that and he made the point that well it can't go the other way around in other words it should go the well, because the guru is spiritual, has spiritual standing, and, and he, despite the fact that, relatively speaking, he may say or do, or his idiosyncrasies may be such that, such that there are times disconcerting to the disciple, that, that should be um, seen as relative, and the absolute consideration should be should take precedence. And he said in his question that. Uh, conversely, it it's not going to work out that the guru has to conform to all the relative sensibilities of, of the disciples um, in order for them to have uh, faith in him. That, that's obviously not going to work. But then he gave some extreme examples of gurus. There were some gurus in ISKCON that were, um, after Prabhupada's departure, who were doing some very un, un, unsavory things. They were robbing stores having disciples rob gas stations and one of them anyway and uh and shooting guns at uh liquor stores and the weird things i i don't know all the details but those are a couple things that i've heard and so what about that so uh, he asked me anyway to, to speak about that and I, I think that you know his question in itself really largely um answers uh the question as he reasoned about it um, but the examples that he brings, Sean brings up that are extreme are obviously, you know, another thing altogether. <laughs> so, you know, uh, what constitutes Vaishnava Char, the proper behavior of a disciple, of a guru, um, is more of a broader uh, category than it is a fine, detailed uh, um um, uh, determination that's going to conform with whatever it is, political correctness, um, uh, psychological insights of the modern uh, day, maybe good, but relative, and so on and so forth. Uh, you know, that's one thing, but he, he or she is obviously um, uh, doing something extraordinary, for example, as in the case of Bhakti Siddhanta Saraswati Thakur, and then saying he would serve meat. Well, you have to put the two together. If he's not doing anything extraordinary and, and um, made a comment like that um, and, uh, you know, or ate meat himself, you know, I mean, then it would be rather an extreme, I think. And uh, so we have to use some common sense and uh, we've got, others uh, to speak with, uh, consult with. We've got examples, precedents over the history of the Sampradaya. 
And we've got a very important statement. Uh, um, I believe it's cited in Chaitanya Charitamrita. I'm not sure of the origin of it, but Vaishnavera Kriya Mudra So it's difficult to understand um, the Vaishnava, his heart, his or her heart motivation. And the classic example, uh, or one of them, is of course the uh, that of Pundarik Vidinidhi, who was misunderstood externally by Gadadhar um, Pandit. Um, but when Mukunda cited some verses that caused him to go into Bhav, it was apparent that he was very deep. I mean, there's even a statement in Chaitanya Charitamrita, or excuse me, in Bhakti Rasamita Sindhu, in the section about Bhava Bhakti, that one in Bhava Bhakti may uh, show some blemishes or do something untoward or, or, or that it is out of uh, character and so forth. Um, but that should be dismissed in light of the greater reality of his or her um, absorption. Um, uh, perhaps we could cite Maharaj Pariksit as an example. What he did, losing his temper, garlanding the sage with a snake, a dead snake, because the sage um, did not greet him, honor him properly. He is the emperor. Um, how the heck did that happen? <laughs> it's out of character for Maharaj Pariksit, but he did it. Um, so we can judge him by that, or we can judge him further and should by the fact that he then proceeded to fast from food and drink, you know, and listen to the Bhagavatam with rapt attention, which then illustrates that you know, he had another internal reality that was more substantial than the superficial and um, external uh, behavior in that incident. Of course, we can say Krishna was behind it, you know, and, and that caused the Bhagavan to be spoken, and so on and so forth. I mean, you can look at it in that way, or it can uh, just be, as I say, uh, citing as I have Bhakti Rasamrita Sindhu. Um, every guru is going to have his or her humanness, idiosyncrasies. Um, they may forget things. Prabhupada quoted wrong verses sometimes, half of one verse, half of another. Uh, I saw Prabhupada fall asleep during kirtan um, uh, more than once. Mm -hmm. uh, in the morning, we would have kirtan. Uh, we would have Bhagavatam. You know, he would rise early in the morning and um, and uh, I mean, he. I think it would take us around 10 and we'd get up uh, around one. Mm -hmm. I mentioned once before that I had the opportunity once uh, in, in um, Krishna Balaram Temple to be staying in a room that had a window to the um, balcony of Prabhupada's quarters. And so I got up in the middle of the night to answer the call of nature. And there through the window, I saw Prabhupada translating. It was like one in the morning, 1.30 in the morning. And so I just stayed up all night and watched him. Uh, but uh, <laughs> but um, um, that was, as far as I could tell, typically his schedule. And then by, excuse me, by Sunday, he would walk and pace a little bit and chant, sit. And, um, and uh, uh, by about, you know, 6, 6.15 in the morning, he would go for a walk, right? And so he's been up since 1 in the morning, he'd go for a walk. Uh, I was blessed to go on a number of those walks. Then he would return to the temple, uh, especially in the early days in Los Angeles. It's very charming and endearing times for me to um, recall that when I see films now of the those times and the devotees, uh, you know, it, it's it's just so endearing. It uh, I know them all. I knew they were in their sarups at that time, their bhakti sarups, if you will. <laughs> fully uh, uh, absorbed in, in service. I can only, I, I always think of them, you know, in light of that time. So anyway, then Prabhupada would come into the temple, pay his respects to the deities, the different altars come, sit in the asan, chant, um, and give class, and after the class they chant again. So a couple of times during either of those chantings, earlier or later, I, 
he, he, I saw him nod off a little bit. I just thought, well, I guess he's tired. <laughs> you know, he's been up since one in the morning, you know, or early. So, um, but someone could say, you know, what's this? The guru is falling asleep during chanting. Obviously, he has not attained mishta, you know. Uh, so, um, you know, there's that. So, and, and I think that, you know, also, I think that um, if we take the time to really try to understand uh, Sri Guru personally, if we have the opportunity, and we, in doing so, we can take, um, advice from those who know him very well or her very well have lived with with her over the years and so on and so forth um we can grow in terms of our love for the person of the guru if we think how you know there's really nothing in this here <laughs> i mean in, in, preaching is a thankless task Prabhupada used to say there is something i should say i mean it's 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 difficult task it's uh, it's it's often the, the, the extent to which the guru puts out that I put out, my, this is my experience for my disciples, being patient with them, compassionate with them, overlooking things that, um, that um, they have done. Um, uh, my concern is always somehow or other to keep them connected in the ballpark of Krishna consciousness, despite uh, so many distractions that they have, even even things that they do that are uh, unpleasant and um, um, even bordering on, you know, being offensive at times. It's, it's happened over the years. Well, the extent to which I uh, feel for them and wait for them and patiently try, compassionately try to help them, um, it it's often not you know, reciprocated back in kind. I don't get the same type of, uh, but you know, that's 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 the job, you know, if you will. So, um, and it's it's just it's just part of the um, of the territory. But um, you know, over time, I think that um, um, the devotees will feel that uh, about their guru, and that will override um, relative concerns to the point that even relative concerns um, and idiosyncrasies of the guru will turn into something charming rather than problematic. <laughs> the relative will turn into something something charming and it, it might be a problem for some outside person, but for one who has love for the guru um, and knows him or her, then they, 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 the, the problem will resolve. Indeed, the relative becomes part of the absolute. <laughs> that becomes another problem. <laughs> because uh, I, I've told the story before how Tamala Krishnamarsh told me that he, he, he when, prop, when you would ask Prabhupada a question, yes or no, he'd say no and shake his head back and forth if you can watch me, which in the Western culture means if he'd say yes, he would move his head like this. Yes, 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 yes. Instead of yes, 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 up and down, he would move it back and forth. So Tamala Krishnamarsh told me he, that he thought that um, the spiritual way to say yes, rather than the material way, was to move you know, horizontally. The material way was to move your head up and down. <laughs> so that's where it kind of goes to you know, an extreme and it becomes a little silly, but he said, but then when they went to India and I saw everybody goes like that, you know, <laughs> it moves their head left to right when saying yes. And I, then I realized it was, you know, somewhat relative, although we never use terms like that in relation to property. We, we never use the term relative and absolute. That's something Guru Maharaj, Pujapad Shudra Maharaj, um, um, way in which he used to talk about it, which is very enlightening and insightful. And hence, you know, um, the question, but there is, you know, a bit of a balancing act. Um, that um, we may have to do in some instances and our own idiosyncrasies can get in the way, our own misconceptions, um, our own ego. Um, so, you know, we, we do have to be careful about that. Um, and um, um, so, you know, those, those, those are some thoughts on it. I mean, uh, again, the extremes that you mentioned, you know, robbing grocery stores and things like that. Well, that's a, 
that's another thing, right? Uh, but idiosyncrasies of the personality, uh, forgetting things, uh, saying it one way one time, one way another time. Uh, 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 you know, he or she may not even be paying attention to the extent that we think he or she is to the immediate concerns of ourselves and so forth. Uh, I saw Prabhupada repeatedly do what I would call wrestle himself down from another plane to deal with relative things that in the broader picture don't have a lot to do with self-realization and, 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 and controlling the mind, the senses and, and, and uh, expressing oneself um, heartfully in bhakti, but were important because of relative considerations in the world, the, the condition of the disciples and so forth. But he would wrestle himself down to deal with it. And, and sometimes he was very, um, I mean, very brief. And I mean, he said things like, like for example, when Vishnu John Maharaj was a famous sannyasi disciple of Prabhupada, um, when I was the last person to speak with him on the roof in the building of Mayapur, um, before he disappeared that same day. And where he had gone it was uh, in question for some time. And then some uh, other disciples put together some evidence to make a convincing case that he had hired a boatman and um, out into the Ganga and he had committed suicide. And there's a whole background to that. That, that morning early, we were walking on the roof with Prabhupada and he had asked Prabhupada a certain question. He had asked a question that if a sannyasi should fall down, you've given the example of Chota Haridas, or the example of Chota Haridas is there in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And he was living with uh, widows, or not living with widows, he approached a widow, a widower who was, a, who was actually a great devotee and had begged rice from her. And Mahaprabhu then refused to see him because he was a sannyasi interacting with a widow, you know, uh, and he was in his Acharya Leela and setting a very extreme or strong example. Um, so uh, he rejected uh, Jodhariyas. And I think maybe in his purport there, Prabhupada said, and so, you know, if the sannyasi deviates like this, then, you know, he should commit suicide. <laughs> That's what Jodhariyas did. And on, in doing so, Mahaprabhu, um, his mercy came to him, appeared to him hmm, after his suicide and, and, and so on. And so, so, so Vishnu John, maybe he had some slip up somewhere along the line. It may have been something that he just exaggerated in his mind because uh, he was quite a nice uh, devotee with good character. But anyway, he, he, he apparently did that. So later, it was, it was sometime later that Prabhupada was told that Vishnu John had, Marsh had committed suicide. And Prabhupada said, what can I do if he doesn't want to serve? <laughs> That's all he said. Sounds very harsh, very like, whoa. Imagine if I said that, um, it'd be an explosion. But we just di di digested it. And, um, and we knew that Prabhupada loved Vishnu John Marsh, but he responded in that way. I mean, again, he's on another plane. He's absorption somewhere else. He comes down to deal with it. In the world where we are, where certain things are more important than, than um, to us, than they may be in in, in the larger picture. Um, when I give you an example like that, that sounds shocking to you, uh, perhaps how he responded. But I have no doubt that Prabhupada loved Vishnu John Maharaj, and um, you know exactly why he said that. That what maybe example he was trying to show us, I don't know, or just the fact that you know he was half somewhere else uh, at the time and not as plugged into it as as, as uh, some of the other students were, we, we thought he should be. Uh, it's not our position to decide how absorbed he should be in any particular aspect of the, of the mission and the, the relativity that uh, is, um, uh, you know, shows its face there and so forth. But, you know, we try to do both, obviously, um, you know, tend to the relative concerns of the disciples set a good example. And, um, and that largely, of course, means with regard to, um, you know, the, the, the actual uh, practice the, uh, that we're, they were teaching, an example of that. 
good moral character and so forth. So those are some thoughts. Uh, it's a large topic that's come up, you know, a number of times over the years, because it was quite revolutionary to hear the relative and absolute of the guru when from, from Pujapad Sridharmarsh, when previously, you know, we only heard the guru's absolute. And, and so, you know, to sometimes bring up, well, Prabhupada is saying this, it's relative, and this is the teaching, this is absolute. And it's been a, it's been a, 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 a minefield to, uh, to, to navigate, if you will, especially with Prabhupada's disciples, some of whom it's taken me years uh, to gradually bring them into um, uh, to resolve these types of things, even with Prabhupada. Prabhupada said this, Prabhupada, um, and just re resolve or shed light on the whole idea that there's a relative and there's an absolute um, side to the guru. It's taken me years to do that. It's very difficult to do that. It's very difficult to build faith. It's very easy to tear down. And that, wish, that, that, that should be, uh, be considered. So, I hope that helps, um, Sham. Any further questions? Okay, good. But it was, it was well, well um, stated uh, question, I think. And I think, as you say, as I said, the answer would lie in, in the in the question as you presented it itself. I want to try to elaborate upon it. Um, but yeah, and Sridhar Marsh also did some odd things. I remember once. Uh, if I may uh, continue, uh, just a thought comes to mind. Bhakti Pramod Puri Goswami Maharaj had two uh, sannyasi disciples, Udayan Maharaj and Bhagwat Maharaj. And Bhagwat Maharaj was from a Brahmin family and from a Varnashram point of view, he was from a higher Brahmin family than Puri Goswami Maharaj. Bodayan Maharaj was not from a Brahmin family. Um, quite sure he was from a Vaisha family. Bhagavad Marsh was very learned and um, a very good speaker and a very good kind of a person to be the, like a successor to carry on and, you know, represent the teaching. He was, he was quite good. Um, uh, and Puri Marsh sent him even to Vrindavan to, to, uh, learn the different darshans, darshan and different forms of Vedanta and so forth. So he was taking advantage of his learning this and so forth. Um, and Bodhain Marsh, by contrast, uh, was simply serving Puri Goswami Marsh day and night, who was you know, bedridden. He was oh, over a hundred years old at that time. And um, I once, uh, mentioned a verse from Dr. Richard Sindhu, he said, yeah, I never read that book. <laughs> uh, so he, he was not studied at all, comparatively, at all. Um, um, and Puri uh, Marsh chose him as his successor over um, Bhagwat Maharaj. And Bhagwat Maharaj was, was, um, took exception to this, you know, because he was from a higher Brahmin family, even of Puri Maharaj would speak of, you know, Bodhayan Maharaj, and uh, you know, Brahmins are the teachers. So if you if you're within Vaishnavism and you have a Brahmin as well, well, you know, that's kind of the the, uh, the first choice or direction you look at for someone to represent you in some of the terms of the teaching. So he argued with Puri Maharaj, and um, Puri Maharaj wouldn't wouldn't give in. And he told him, Bhakti is more important than Jnan. You have knowledge, but Bodhayan Maharaj has more Bhakti even though he doesn't have this knowledge that you have. And, um, well, I'm kind of off on a tangent here, but, um, but Bhagavad Marsh couldn't, uh, couldn't, couldn't accept it. And he, he was told to leave the moth. Um, his ego, you know, got, got the best of him. He, he saw himself as more, more qualified uh, than he was. But the reason I, I, I bring that up, it gets a bit of a tangent, but... Um, um, Bhagwat Marsh, who was very particular about how everything should be done, all the proper, you know, uh, procedures and everything, he's very like 
uh, niti, you know, very uh, um, uh, concerned with, I mean, there had to be a certain pot that you would piss in from a certain direction. And you had, uh, you know, I, I went through this with my, and I just chuckled, you know, I mean, at, at it. You know, this is all important, very important to him, all these things. Uh, so, uh, and they, they're, they're all there in the scriptures, right? But it was getting in the way of the real sub substance of the whole thing. Baba Gurahi Janardana, you know, Krishna accepts the spirit of the service, even if the service is done technically and mechanically wrong and so forth. So that, you know, uh, reality, I mean, he could voice that, he could understand that, he could even teach that, but, but he couldn't, uh, when it came to practice, it, 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 his other sensibilities took precedence. So anyway, long, long story short, um, I, I, I once, in this regard, I once told him that I watched Pujapatridamarsh, who was from a higher Brahmin family than, than Bhagwat Maharaj, hmm? chanting japa with his japa beads in his rocking chair and eating muri, which is like puffed rice uh, with peanuts, in his, with his left hand popping it into his mouth as he chanted with his right And He just about fainted, Bhagwat Maharaj. How could he possibly, you know, he, it sounds like a simple thing because we love Shudha Maharaj. I, I don't care if he, if he ate with his feet, you know, <laughs> it wouldn't matter to me, you know. But for him, it was like a big thing, you know, like, oh my God, you know, how could, how could he possibly, you know, uh, do that? Uh, so I had, I had, had to chuckle, you know, and try to give him a, a bigger picture. Me, you know, the Malecha. Hmm? <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it didn't bode well for him, ultimately, because the relative uh, got the upper hand, took precedence over the, over the absolute. And, and Bodhain Marsh is not learned today, that, 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 still, comparatively, but, but he is carrying on the mission of his Guru Marsh and around the world and, uh, and um, succeeding him um, in, uh, in a way that... Um, um, he so desired. So uh, anyway, the, I just brought it up because uh, that's an example of, of Shido Marsh also uh, acting out of character or what you think the character might be or should be. Um, there are other things he did too. And uh, he sometimes used to beat Govinda Maharaj, who was his you know, successor. And uh, uh, Guru Marsh used to say that he, he asked him, could you do that inside the room so others won't see, so they won't think ill of you? I don't, you're beating me, but others may think, oh, it's a little, Guru Marsh getting a little angry here, you know, uh, it's a little, a little unfair, all he did was this, but anyway, so yeah, those things are there, um, but um, so yeah, what, is it, what it means for the Guru to be an example Good behavior and so forth. There's a little bit of relativity to that, and it's not uh, the disciples, not entirely the judge and the court and the jury, you know, uh, on that. Vaishnava again, Nabujai. So to understand the heart of the Vaishnava, it's not easy to do. Yeah. Um, they misunderstood his or her misunderstand his or her behavior. We're cautioned about that. Bhakti was the. Uh, Upadeshamrita tells us the same thing. Hmm. There are a lot of things floating in the Ganga, but the Ganga is pure. Don't think otherwise. Hmm. That example is given with regard to the guru or advanced devotees who may have physical defects or even mentally they may be conduct themselves in ways that seem uh, inappropriate to us. It's possible. Uh, so long answer there. Um, forgive me for, but I, it's 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 good. I appreciate the question. Are there any other questions? Um, I saw a comment um, in the chat. I don't know if Ganga Shakti had a previous question for Nicole. I haven't asked her. I just saw Shara writing that. 
Um, yeah. Okay, I'm not hearing anything from her. Yeah, does anyone have a question? Amrita Gopal here has a question, if possible. It is possible, Amrita Gopal. Kijai. Amrita Gopal, where are you from? I don't think we've met. Nice to meet you. Hare Krishna Maharaj, we met a few times here. Oh, there you are. Yes, now I'm yeah. at the next I just want to say I'm so appreciative of your very wonderful answer. You, I, I did have a question. It was totally unrelated to the, the spiritual um, aspect that you gleaned from the last question. Um, but um, I just want to say thank you. Um, unfortunately, I'm in a very embarrassing situation where I'm completely drowning in material existence. Um, and my question actually was, um, how is how can I overcome the fear that I feel when I'm around materialistic people? That's what I'd like to concentrate on, if you could provide some insight into that. Well, thank you. And um, um, my heart goes out to you to see your reaction to the answer to my question and, and with regard to your um, the way you, depict, you depicted your your own situation. I don't think you're as bad off as you think. Uh, real existence. Well, that's a good way for a disciple to think. And relatively speaking, I think yeah, it's accurate. But you have you have um, Guru Vaishnav who care about you, and that's what's important. If they care about us, then then our life is successful. <laughs> We should, yes, go ahead, yeah. We should be concerned, and this should be our concern in general, but it, a, a, our guru, hmm, um, that what we do, how we think, that, um, that, um, that they will, um, that someone of spiritual consequence cares about us. That, that should be our concern. Hmm? And if we have that competence, uh, which in your case you should, and all of us in the Sangha should, um, then, uh, then we, we should feel that we are like Abhay Charan, hmm? fearless at the feet of Krishna. Through the connection with the, with the Vaishnava, with the Guru who cares about us, Krishna cares about us. Out of millions of jivas, he cares about them all, but now in a, in a particular way, because someone who loves him and has demonstrated that over, you know, long period of time <laughs> uh, has spoken for that person. Well, Krishna has to take notion, notice that's love psychology. If you love someone and then they say, you know, I love this person too, or I, I and they're naturally going to be disposed towards them. So that puts us in, you know, we're a marked person then. We're on Krishna's list, so to speak. So um, that, that's not going to be erased. Uh, even if we try to erase it, um, well, it's indelible. So it will come, it may be covered over, but it'll come back in due course. So you're in a good position. Um, and you know, you we all have difficulty with our daily practice and so forth. It's not an easy thing. There are all types of obstacles uh, that come, obstacles from our past that have not yet been dealt with sufficiently, remnants of prabhda karma and so forth. And then there's the world. Um, you know, we don't live in West Bengal. You know, in um, you know, two hundred years ago or hundred years ago, we live here in you know Brighton or London or you know, um, Warsaw, wherever it is, San Francisco, Buenos Aires, and it's, and, and, and people think differently, they're materialistic people, they're moving like robotically for the most part, and, and now your question is, well, how can I overcome the fear of materialistic people? Well, one way in which I would respond to that is, it was the only fear of, of Prahlad Maharaj to be 
associated with people that weren't devotees. So it's a healthy fear, um, in a sense. It's a healthy fear. But if we reflect um, on what I said earlier, what our position is, regardless of our standing in the ladder of bhakti and its progress from shraddha to prem, we have standing, period. We have a sadhaka deha. We've been given a practitioner's body by our guru, and it's not entirely perfected. Sometimes it's used materially, sometimes it's used spiritually, but the sadhaka is different than a buddha jiva, than, than an eternally conditioned jiva, different than a mukta also. But it's a, it's a very glorious position um, to be in. And so we should have confidence in that, confidence that our gurus care about us and the other Vaishnavas and so forth. And so, you know, with a healthy fear of materialistic people, that we, we, we shouldn't become neurotic about it, but based on the understanding of the strength that we have if we understand in terms of our connection, we should have confidence in that. We don't need to have confidence in ourselves. We, we, we shouldn't, <laughs> we're weak. But Krishna is strong and Krishna is kind, generous, merciful. So we should have confidence in that. Ashabanda, hope beyond hope. I have no hope in myself, but I have hope nonetheless because Krishna is the way he is. I've heard about that. I've seen it in, in, in the lives of others. So therefore I should be able to interact with people in a way that, that while having a healthy concern about not being drawn in, you know, by their uh, uh, conceptions, habits, uh, and so forth, uh, I should be, feel strong enough to interact with them in ways that are necessary for my particular lifestyle, and in ways that, to some extent at least, will set an example that I can become a positive in their lives rather than they becoming a negative in my life. And again, I think that despite our you know, shortcomings as a practitioner, which um, uh, you know, are, are glaring at times, we have to reflect on um, the um, patience, compassion of our gurus, the nature of Krishna, the stories of Krishna's uh, kindness, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's kindness. This is what we're connected with. Hmm. Be kind with one another, be generous with one another, be generous with me too. I need your, your, your generosity. I have many faults, hmm. many shortcomings. Um, this is a way I think to, to, to think about the, the issue that you, you raised. I hope that helps. Okay, okay. thank you both. Who else is there in the Brighton setting? So we have uh, um, um, Shiradha, we have Sharad Kurud, mm-hmm. Dr. Rob Kurud, and, uh, and small Sangha today, smaller than last week. <laughs> okay. <laughs> small is beautiful. Okay, so uh, let's see. Uh, we don't have any other questions on the um in the chat but uh if anyone has one gurumaraj pronounce it's omkar omkar there he is okay can you can you hear me sorry about the bad light maybe you can't see it properly i can see um, you yes i see you in yeah. a brighter light than you are standing in <laughs> um i kind of would like to segue with a little bit of a um comment and a question also I've been wondering about um, associating with people not directly, you know, out of the Prakriti realm, more materialistic people. Mm-hmm. Um, somebody was saying that that I shouldn't associate with Tamasic people in general. And me and Sham Shundar were talking about yesterday. And I was wondering, he asked me, what is Tamasic person anyway? And, and I couldn't even produce an answer to him. So I don't really know what a a tamasic person would even be i mean somebody my dad's pretty tamasic and he wants to hang out with me and talking about eating steak so 
I, I don't know. It's just, it sounds rough and, and, but it is at the same time, he's my dad. Um, so I'm thinking. Well, I think that there are, uh, uh, there are uh, symptoms of those who are influenced by Tamaguna, Rajaguna, and Sattvaguna given in the Gita, Bhagavad Gita. And I believe you'll find the same thing in the Uddhava Gita where Krishna speaks to Uddhava in a very similar way that he spoke to Arjuna. The difference being that Uddhava was a Brahmin and by caste and Arjuna was a warrior. So the setting is different and um, so forth. But, um, you know, you can look there for those um, symptoms and um, to the extent that they are predominant in a, in a person, they could be labeled uh, in terms of their material condition as, as tamasic, rajic, rajarsic, or sattvic in nature. Um, I mean, most people in the world are driven by rajaguna and tamaguna. That's what makes the world go round. Sattvaguna starts to make the, slow the world down and move one in, in the opposite direction. Hmm? Because with sattva, uh, the symptom of sattva, of course, is knowledge. And the fullest measure of that knowledge is knowing the difference between consciousness and matter, even experientially, hmm? or to speak of theoretically. And happiness also is a characteristic of sattva, a kind of um, inner happiness that's uh, that is not based on the ups and downs of everyday life, the gains and the losses and so forth. So, you know, there's few people that are sattvic in nature. The world is driven by Rajas and Thomas. Sattva, sattva will start to bring an end to it, move it in the opposite direction. So to associate with ordinary people, well, you're gonna associate with Rajas and Thomasic people. Probably someone who told you that uh, was talking about I can just you know make a conjecture. People who take drugs and uh, you know are uh, um, tamasic in that respect. You know, in, in extreme. Um, I don't know about yourself, but a lot of devotees come from a background of myself included experience uh, experiments with uh, in the counterculture in my youth with uh, with different. Um, uh, substances and so on and so forth. Uh, so, you know, uh, maybe someone who talked to you about Thomas people was, you know, thinking along that, knowing that you yourself may have those influences and, and, and those, uh, you know, the, 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 the leaning towards intoxication is pretty strong. Most people drink, <laughs> even in, in, in the higher so-called circles of society. So anyway, I don't know what they, what exactly they were referring to. You, you give the example of your father, you know. Okay, well, you know, you should, relatively speaking, you should love your father hmm? and your mother. You should obey your father and mother, relatively speaking, right? So you have to look at that in light of the absolute. And, um, and you know, the fact that your father eats meat, well, it's a given. You guys just have to tell him, look, I don't eat meat, so it's better you don't bring that up with me, you know. And I don't want to get into an argument with your dad about it or anything like that. You have your habits, I have mine, and this is just one where we don't agree on. Let's do something else. You know, let's talk about something else. Um, it's good to have a good relationship with your parents. I think that would be good for them if uh, if they can come to appreciate you in 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 despite the fact um, uh, that uh, that you are uh, conducting yourself in a way that doesn't correspond with what they think is. Uh, productive, valuable, um, makes sense, and so forth. I think that if you can have a relationship with people like that um, in such a way over time that you know, they, they, they just appreciate you, then, you know, then they can, in a, in a kind of related sense, appreciate what you're doing. Mm -hmm. um, it, it, it takes time. Parents love their kids usually for the most part. And so the fact that their kids do something or take up a lifestyle that is not one that they would choose or they don't understand, they don't think is right, it doesn't have to be, be a cause of uh, it, it, uh, distancing themselves entirely 
from 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 one another. So I think there's a way to to bridge that gap, keep a relationship, and emphasize the things that you know are important to them. I'm your son. You know, I know I'm different. I'm your son, but I love you. You know, and I'm here. You know, whatever, just to be with you because you're my dad. You know, and uh, and uh, you know. I don't know. I, you know. I didn't have a chance to do this with my father, but this is what I would do. I'd remember the things that we did when we, when we were young and, and when I was younger and, and the things that, it, you know, that he did do that endear me to him. And I would not bring up the things that he did that didn't <laughs> endear me to him. And then, you know, he'd say, well, my son, yeah, he's a hard Christian, but whatever. I guess they aren't that bad. Hmm? It's okay. That then becomes not that bad of a thing I know from my own father, uh, you know, we, we were alienated, but, and he didn't like the idea that I became a Hare Krishna. Um, he disowned me, wrote me out of the will uh, on account of that, not against me, but he wouldn't give any money to the Hare Krishnas, that was for sure. So, uh, but he used to, in his business travel, and he would meet devotees in airports selling books. Hmm. And they would sell him a book. He said, oh, my, my son's involved in this. And, and then it would come out, it, it, it was Tripurari. And then and they, would, they would go like, oh, they'd like pay their obeisances to my father or something, you know, because he's famous, you know, oh my God, and, or, you're his father, you know. And so, <laughs> and so my father liked that, you know. I heard later from my mother, he used to think, he said, oh, at least he's, you know, he's, he's successful in, what, in his field, you know, he's, he's become very successful and then i had one conversation with him before he passed away over the phone and um and he and my mother told me this after he said he's all my sons he can really articulate himself very well you know so there were some redeeming uh things i guess that he found in me despite my my uh, religious spiritual persuasion <laughs> and um so, you know, you, you, there's a way to navigate the course. Uh, I wouldn't take the statement from some devotees don't associate with Thomasic people, you know, to an extreme like that. Mm -hmm. um, there's things to learn from ordinary people. We live sometimes in a bit of a bubble, thinking we know everything and everybody's in Maya, you know, but uh, we're in Maya too. <laughs> and there, 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 there's things we can learn from ordinary people. We can learn from everybody. Um, even from the inanimate you know, world, just things, um, things to learn if, if we want to learn. So, hope that helps. Yeah, thank you. That's very nice, as usual. Hare Krishna. You're Hare nice. Krishna. You're nice too. Yeah. Okay, so, well, we're just got a few minutes, but um, the audience is not full of questions, so. Arjun had a question if there was time. He messaged me. Arjun Das, yes, Arjun. Dandavats Maharaj. And thank you for the. Yeah. Thank you. That was a wonderful, wonderful last answer you gave. Um, <clears throat> my particular question was um, you know, uh, in the Bhagavad Gita at the very beginning, a very beginning of Krishna's uh, teachings to Arjuna, um, he says, Najayate mriyate vakadachin, there is no birth for the true self, for true nature, like that. And at the same time, uh, we very naturally and spontaneously speak about rebirth to the extent of even, you mentioned, I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, you said, one takes birth in the Prakat Lila of the Lord uh, before going to the Aprakat uh, dimension. So how would we kind of harmonize those, those two principles? Well, yeah, I think that um, the Gita is talking about the fact that the, the Atma has no birth. It has, has no beginning. Right. It, it, the body is taking birth, the Atma is along for the ride, but it's not taking birth. <laughs> At the beginning of the Atma, 
and death is not the end of the Atma. So that's really what the Gita is, 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 is emphasizing. The biological reality of birth is independent uh, in one sense of the, of the Atma, although it corresponds with the Atma's extension of consciousness, material absorption, and so on and so forth. So, you know, it's just a basic distinguishing there in the Gita between um, the um, consciousness in matter, if you will. Of course, taking birth in the Prakat Leila, um, that is, there is a birth to Bhakti, Sada Sangha, that gives rise to bhakti within us. So, um, uh, but taking birth in the Prakat Leela, well, that's a good idea. <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, that's another thing. I think that uh, we say that bhakti has the power to change karma, manifest karma, whereas knowledge, transcendental knowledge, does, in comparison does not. Um, um, I say transcendental knowledge, but it's you know it's 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 it's, it's satpaguna, and one of the examples of that that I give is that well you have a certain father and mother that's not going to change that's your parabhi karma so how are you going to change that right mm-hmm. how can bhakti change that mm-hmm. we say that bhakti can change that because in bhakti we'll give you another father and another mother mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in prakat leela mm-hmm. that in baba bhakti internally one will meditate on and cultivate and so forth, such that it results in taking birth in the Prakat Leela. Then you have another Gopa father, Gopi mother, um, and so on and so forth. So your Prabhupada karma has changed in terms of who your father and mother is, if you will, in Baba Bhakti by the power, the force of Bhakti. But this is a little getting away from your question. It's an interesting uh, uh, topic. But um, again, um, the, the Atma is only realizing, as Bhagavad Gita says, its own inherent uh, bliss in conjunction with the blessing of that been bestowed on it. So there's no origin to it. The, the, the mother and father, the, 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 the sarup is eternal, like the Atma is eternal. So I get. I guess I could rephrase slightly and ask if there's no birth for the true self, that that which is actually alive and, and can experience anything at all, then what is it exactly which, which takes birth in Prakatlila, let's say? Well, look at it like this. There's no material birth. There's a spiritual birth. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Born <laughs> into the into the Leela, into Leela Sepa. It's a different thing altogether. And that again, that 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 uh that form is eternal. So it has, it doesn't have a beginning either. Mm. Part of you. Mm. You prosper. So try to go there, right? Okay. Thank you. I see we have a couple other questions in Spanish. Reverencias Maharaj quisiera preguntar, okay. ¿Cómo lidar, lidar con las expectativas y person y preso? Better ask Sham for a translation when I can read Spanish these days.
Well, I mean, you're asking a question that I can understand uh, affects a lot of devotees, um, but you know, it, it uh, well, you know, take for example myself, I became a devotee, all right? There was not the expectation of my father of me by any stretch of the imagination. I mean, that, that was like probably devastating to him. What, what he had in mind for me was devastating for me. <laughs> You know, so we are other individuals. Now I became a devotee, so that issue was there, right? But my brother became a a, a a fisherman in Alaska, and that flipped my father out as well. What my father expected of him was entirely different, and he was devastated by the idea that my brother wanted to do that, and my brother was devastated by the idea of what my father wanted to do. So it's not something that's just relative to becoming a devotee it can it happens all the time and perhaps not as much in some third world countries like latin america eastern europe uh perhaps uh, or in asia um but in modern uh, more industrialized nations not that all is industrialized not that latin america isn't but they're you know more industrialized more technologically developed and there's more money and so there's more options as the society the culture becomes more wealthy in 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 a materialistic society well it seems that that what is pursued and presented as the goal is to have more and more opportunities more and more freedoms of choice and opportunities and so forth so when that happens well then the idea the more traditional idea that the, the, the traditional idea was you'd have children to help you run the farm. <laughs> you need some hands, you know? Uh, so, you know, uh, let's try for a daughter this time because, you know, we, we need the trainer to, you know, another cook on the, you know, on, on the team here. Uh, hope for a boy this time because I need someone to help me with the cattle, you know? This was, uh, you know, typical. Uh, and so the family unit was very much united, stayed together. The expectations of the parents were fulfilled, and um, and you know it was would be very um, much of an exception for a son or a daughter to go in some other direction. Or you know later as society developed and moved away from agrarian-based society, there would be we need a doctor, we need a lawyer. Okay. So you can find Indian families like that. They want the son to become a doctor because they want free medical treatment in their old age. They want the son to be a doctor, you know, uh, and that's the payment. We brought you into this world. We've raised you up and this is the payoff, you know. So there's like a working re relationship here or we want a lawyer, you know, maybe a judge, you know, a politician. We Let's try for this. So that, that, this would be part of the calculation. This one will be a lawyer. This one will be a doctor, you know. This one will be something else, and and so, but with the development of the industrial society, the, the, this we move away from this more and more, you know. Um, and so it's not uncommon that children disappoint their parents on some level, and now and then you get the parents who are just like, well, if it makes you happy, you know, it's good, you know. That's kind of like, okay, well, that's uh, works in the modern society, but you know, then again, to become a devotee may be too extreme for them to say, well, if it makes you happy, okay. Um, and how to deal with those pressures? Well, you know, you have to stay the course and you have to be patient. And you have to think how your guru is being patient with you. You have to be patient with your, your parents. As you grow older, your parents become your children. That's just a fact. You're the children, you become, then you become friends. From, from a parental relationship, you're the children, they're the parents, then it becomes friends, then you become the parents and they become the children. Now I'm becoming a child at my age. I'm becoming a child. You are supposed to become my parents and take care of me, despite my bad qualities. <laughs> you have to have patience with me. Like I have had patience with you for so long. So I'm not sure how, uh, who asked the question here, how old um, you are, it may be a little premature 
for you to be looking at that way in light of your parents or they may not be relating with you like that, but I'm just speaking in general. So have patience, stay the course of bhakti. And um, um, as I was saying to Omkar, you know, try, try to like put out of their picture a little bit, you know, the fact that your, your lifestyle, your values are different than theirs. There are other things that you agree with on them that you can come together on, emphasize the, those things. And, um, and just the fact that you're their, 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 their children, you don't want to displease them, but you know, um, you have convictions and, um, and you know, there's gonna, there's, there's gonna be some friction, you know, it's, 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 but you have to have confidence that over time, they'll be amending. So don't let the immediate pressure burden you too much, have a broader picture. In time, it will go away. If you conduct yourself in ways that I've suggested, it, it, it will go away. And, um, and they'll have more acceptance of you over time, especially if you actually advance to Krishna consciousness and develop good, uh, good character and so forth. Oh, this is from Wendy Alvarado. Okay, uh, glad I could be helpful. She says, Jai, muchisimas gracias, and de nada. Okay, so that's good. We went a little over time even. Thank you for all your questions. Good company, and I hope to be with you next week. Shri Shri Guru Gauranga Ki Jai, or Bhakta Binda Ki Jai, Gaur Premanande, Jai Gaur, Jai Nita. Thank you, Gurudev.